Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Scrum Buddies Podcast Room. I am your host, Dwayne Hill, your Scrum Buddy, and I am here to help you get to and through that Scrum Master role, excelling in the Scrum Master role. Welcome. It's been a minute. What's going on, everybody? And I got some cool stuff to talk to you about today. Um, So today we're talking about stand-up success stories. If you're not familiar what a stand-up is, a stand-up is basically a meeting where everyone comes together at the top of the day or at a certain point in your day to talk about what you have on your docket for that day, connect on what you need help with, what you may be struggling with, and see where your teammates, your helpmates, your scrum team peoples can help you out during the day. Um, people kind of mistake it sometimes for a uh, like an update session. Some people mistake it for a, a planning session. Some people want to just take the time to be on Oprah and talk about all their grievances throughout the day. That's not what this is for. Um, but today, um, we'll talk about some of the common things that have happened with some of my clients and some of the things that they've done to go forward and to kind of push through that, those things, some of the things that we worked on together. And then also some of the things that I suggested to them and talk about what that did for them and how they helped out. Um, so welcome, welcome everybody. Just to give a little synopsis on me and who I am. My name is Dwayne Hill. I used to be a teacher and now I'm a scrum master. Um, I work for fortune 500 companies. I've worked for some of the biggest tech companies in the world. And now I have the pleasure of working at Scrum Alliance, which is, in my opinion, the mecca of Scrum and everything there is to with Agile. Um, and I'm having a blast. Uh, started Scrum Buddies not too long ago to help people like you come in here and have a great relationship with Scrum and at least know what the job is about and what you can expect. And now specifically, I help Scrum Masters even elevate and get even better in that role with kind of some simple understandings of how we can do better as a group. So let's get started. So some of my success stories I want to talk to you about, I had one client um, that came to me and she was on the software development team. And one of the problems that she had was that her standups were becoming very long and boring and monotonous and drawn out. So she would get into stand-up. Her developers would get in and talk and talk and talk and talk and take up so much time that she ended up having stand-ups that would last either 30 minutes. And sometimes she said they would last an hour. And as a scrub master, you know, you're not here to do the development work. Um, a lot of times you are not required to know everything about the development cycle. When it comes to being a scrum master, you're just there to make sure that the process runs smoothly from beginning to end. And it became boring for her. And a lot of things, you know, if you've ever worked with developers, they can talk over your head. You don't always understand all of the, you know, the main uh, ins and outs of the development process. You probably don't know DevOps. You probably don't know what CICD is. Some of those things, especially when you're first starting. So she saw that those meetings were becoming even boring for her let alone everyone else that was in the meeting. So 
as you're in there, as she was in there, she needed that help. We're trying to figure out how to make these meetings a little bit more exciting and bring a little bit more value, right? The good thing was she was not the only person in the meeting that felt that way. Other people felt the same way. So she had a lot of room to do this revamp and to really get them back on track. So one of the things that I talked to her about is number one, we know that stand-up shouldn't be any more than 15 minutes, right? So let's handle that first. Um, people's attention spans are already short. Let's not mess that up. So how about we try using a timer? And that can be kind of intimidating for some people, mostly because you don't want anyone to feel rushed. You don't want anyone to feel like they need to hurry up. I don't know if anybody is uh, remembers or is familiar with Dave Chappelle, one of my favorite uh, scenes that he used to do was the wrap it up box. And they will pull up that box and start slapping it like wrap it up, B. That's kind of how I feel sometimes in meetings, especially when I first started. Like, can we please get to the point of what we're trying to say? So put a timer on them. Um, you have 15 minutes. Do some math. If you want to do an intro, that's a couple of minutes. Do that. But then see how many people you have on your team. Divide that time out. Everybody might get a minute. Everybody might get 30 seconds. Um hitting their elevator pitch that might just do exactly what it needs to do because these updates, if you will, these check-ins do not need to be a whole spiel of everything that you have going on. No one in the group or in that meeting is the boss of anybody else in that meeting. So you're just letting people know what's going on and what you need help with. Um, so that was the first thing we tried doing. In the event that people did try to go too long, I encourage her to stop them and say, hey, we're kind of getting a little bit long in this conversation. Can we put it in the parking lot? So I don't know if anybody is um, understanding of what a parking lot is, but that's where you put all extra information, anything you couldn't get out within your time frame, you put in that parking lot and you have it for the team to go back to in reference to later on in their time when they have a little bit more time to look at each issue. That way you can keep your meeting going as planned. Um, and then the last thing I encourage her to do was if you're going to cut people short, which may make rub people the wrong way, also put in a time where you can give them to say, hey, what are some wins? What are some things that you are excited on finishing today? What are some things that you're scared about being challenged on today? But given those different questions, other than what are you doing today? What did you get done yesterday? What you plan on getting done today? Switch it up, get some more variation, right? So wins and challenges is another thing you can also do. Celebrate those successes, but then also discussing the obstacles as well. So she went in and she tried some things. Um, she said that when she tried the cutoff and to give people that small amount of time, it was very awkward at first, which understandably, I understand that part, right? It was very awkward at first, but those meetings got in and out quickly. By the second and third day of her doing that, people came in ready to roll within the 30 seconds. I need this. I need that. I'm happy about this. I'm glad we're accomplishing this. Boom, next person. That helps your team and it gets them going, right? It gets that meeting flowing. Um, 
and it created concise and actionable actionable things for her team to really work on and to focus on, right? Um, the collaboration started to be a little bit more efficient. The wins started really helping her out in her retro. She saw that in the retros because they're actually being able to feel good about the stuff that they're getting accomplished, even on a day-to-day basis. And it feels good to have that extra 45 minutes back from that hour it was taken before, taking way too long and dragging way too long out for us to get to where we need to go in that meeting. So that was my first one. I think that was really well for her. She's really loving her stand-ups now. Um, And they're rolling for. Um, My second client, he is working also at a tech company right now. And his problems was that when they got into those stand-ups, kind of similar to that first person, those topics got off. And it really started to veer off topic. And they had a problem with aligning their priorities and then completing those sprint goals because it seemed like they were all kind of scattered, right? Um, a lot of times the deadlines wouldn't match up. A lot of times the work was a little bit larger. The work needed a lot more dependencies on other people. It was hard to give updates because they didn't have updates to give a lot of times. And it was a lot of sitting around and waiting with a lot of the updates that they were given. So we contemplated whether or not Scrum and that Scrum model was the best for them. And I asked him, hey, what did you ever think about adopting a combine more like style to give a lot more freedom and space? Kind of hesitant at first because we think that we're Scrum masters, so we should be doing Scrum. Not all the time. We are Scrum masters, meaning that we can utilize different parts of the Agile umbrella and see whatever works best for our teams. So let's put that specific Let's try Kanban. It's a lot more loose. It's a lot more giving and forgiving. Um, Instead of the two-week cadences, see if it's better for you to do more of one-month cadences to make sure you're getting stuff done. And then you coming back with your stand-ups, they're more so, what is is anything in your way today? Um, Is the progress going well? Um, And it kind of gives more room to give those previous of the what you did yesterday what do you plan on today do you have any blockers it made those questions a lot more valuable to the team by loosening up that uh flowing system right so the good thing about that was once he started using that it was a lot less pressure on the team um they were able to see bottlenecks a lot earlier and a lot faster uh you know, transparency and accountability and collaboration gain because now your conversations are a little bit different. Um, and more so they transform that stand-up into a more of a productivity tool, um, making sure everybody's on the same page. And it gave a lot more room for people to be resources to each other versus sitting and listening to updates. Um, and then the last thing, the last success story I have, which is that a lot of times my last client had a problem with her team feeling very disconnected from each other. They were not cohesive. It felt like they were working in silos. They didn't really collaborate as well. 
and a lot of their work did not depend on each other to get done. What did they do? What did she, what should she have done to fix that? One of the things I talked about with her was kind of this 50, 50 model, right? If you're having a problem with team cohesiveness and team collaboration and team gelling, we might want to use standups to focus on that part and to connect with each other as human beings before we try to connect as coworkers and this and that. Because a lot of times we can get into those jobs. I don't know if anybody else feels this way when they get into jobs. I'm here to work. I'm not here to have friends. I'm not here to make this stuff fun. I'm just here to get my job done, which in certain realms that can work for people. Um, scrum teams, I don't know if that works as much. I know a lot of times people use that as a defense mechanism. They've have they've gone through things in their past to make them a little bit more guarded when it comes to coworkers. They don't trust coworkers. They don't deal with coworkers. We're not going to happy hour after, none of those things. That can be detrimental only if the cohesiveness of your team is really at risk. And you want your team to be a unit. You want your team to be a safe space. You'll kind of see that stuff manifesting itself in retros too because those people will not talk. They will not be open. They will not be transparent with each other. It will be like walking on eggshells at all times. So one of the things I told her to kind of spearhead that was the utilization of whether it may be Slack or Teams or all those uh, communication platforms that we use within our teams, do a 50-50. So if you have any updates that are work-specific, go ahead and put it in the Slack. Put it in the Slack, let everybody know what's going on. I don't care what format you use. You could put what I did yesterday, what I did today, what's in my way, or you can put what you're excited for, what you're happy for, all those things, and then utilize that stand-up, utilize that scrum stand-up for I'm connecting with my teammates. So whether it be talking about what we did this weekend, talking about what we're excited for in our lives, talking about different things of that nature, until the team gets a cohesive spot, utilize that time to grow your team as people, as individuals, as, you know, cohesive pieces of that unit. You don't have to do that forever, but you could definitely do that for a quarter. You can do it to try out, to take, to take risks, to take notes to do it as an experiment to see what's going on with people. Um, so definitely try that out. Also, when doing that, do a round-robin format so everyone gets a chance to say their piece so you don't um, disregard anybody, so you don't skip over anybody. Make sure you try to do that part, and then that way everybody gets to add in a little bit more about them, and we can all get to know each other. I'm telling you it's going to sound really trivial at first, but especially if you're first starting out a job with a team, do that. I mean, also make sure you're listening to how they normally run their meetings and run their stand-ups so you can get some information on how they process. But if you see that being a problem, jump to that format. Um, it's going to be awkward at first, but it will definitely help people as they go forward. It will help your team trust you. It will help your team, I wouldn't say like you, but I mean, they can't dislike you for wondering what they care about and wondering what they like. So definitely try that out and see if that works. So with her, when that happened, she said her team started talking with each other much more. Her retro started getting a lot more active. She even was able to do a retro that was really heavy about like personal things or like 
personal boundaries and personal uh, hills that they had to climb, misconceptions that they had with each other with work, even fears, even things that like was keeping them from being relaxed in that working space and doing their best work. It's powerful, y'all. That will be the one thing that will get people from just going to work to go to work to wanting to go to work, wanting to put out the best product. And if you're able to do that, that's the value that being a Scrum Master brings to a company. That's where you're different than everybody else in that process. You keep people wanting to come in and do their best work outside of getting paid, outside of needing to take care of their families. If you want to come into work to give your best and do your best, that is 10 times better. And that will make the environment 10 times better. So those are three of my success stories from some of my clients. Um, I'm very proud of them and the, and the progress that they've made. And as Scrum Masters, that gives you a little bit more space to do experiments. That gives you more space to trust everyone and trust your clients and trust people that are here and ready to go. And yeah, hopefully it gives you a better foundation to be a lot more confident in your role and know the value that you bring off front. It's not just numbers. It's not just cycle times and productivity times and how many features we're able to pull out. Are, is your team comfortable around you? Is your team, would your team run through a wall for you? Would your team want to do everything because they trust you so much that they trust whatever questioning you give them? Are you able to have deep conversations because they know nothing you're saying to them is coming at them personally or trying to out them or trying to do anything that would make them feel uncomfortable? They trust you. So definitely try those things out. And that has definitely helped out. So the next section that we have today, we're going on all cylinders right now. We have the clubhouse running. We have the Zoom running. So we're going to go through grab bag questions. I was on Instagram. So if you're not following us on Instagram, it's Scrum Buddies Pod on Instagram as well. And I have some grab bag questions that I've been gotten from some people. And we're going to go over those questions real quick. If you're on Clubhouse and you want to come up and, and you have some grab bag questions yourself or you have anything you want to ask me about pertaining to Scrum, feel free to raise your hand and I'll bring you up in the room. If not, and you want to sit back and chill and listen, that's fine as well. I don't mind at all. So let's get to these grab bag questions as I pull them up. Welcome everybody that's listening in the clubhouse. Nice to see y'all got a lot of new faces. So if you haven't met me yet, feel free to reach out to me. Find me on LinkedIn, Dwayne Hill Jr. on LinkedIn. And let's connect. Let's talk. Let's get let's get on the same page. Let's see how I can help you in this scrum thing. Um, so the first one I have is how do I support my product owner more without stepping on their toes? Great question. How do I support my product owner without stepping on their toes? So here's the thing, in my opinion, um, there is no such thing as stepping on your toes as a product owner, because I'm not here to do your job. I'm here to help you. I'm here to support you. Um, so the first thing you could do, especially if you have a product owner that is very overwhelmed, if you have a product owner that has a lot on their plate, ask them, how can I support you? That should be your first question to your product owner. The first day you meet them, the first time y'all have a one-on-one, -on -one, how can I support you? You can also ask that question every time y'all have that one-on-one -on -one and say, hey, I see you're overwhelmed. Hey, I see we have this big feature coming out. Hey, we're at the top of the quarter. 
is there anything you're worried about? Is there anything I can help you with? Is there anything I can I can relieve off you, take off your plate, whatever? Because um, as we all know, as Scrum Masters, depending on where you work, your day can be very heavy or your day can be very light. Utilize that time that you have to really support your product owner so y'all are more of a cohesive unit. Um, if your product owner is someone that is someone that you could step on their toes, that's a conversation that's a little bit different where it's like, hey, I'm not here to take your job. I'm here to help you. I'm here to assist you. We are a team. I'm not here to do anything other than make sure that you're doing and you're able to do your best work. And that's what makes me more fulfilled and brings value to our team is making sure you're good and you're supported. So be careful about that. Also, if you're talking about talking to a product owner where there is room to step on their toes or they feel overwhelmed, try to dig into that. You're here to help them too, right? See what's going on in their life. If it's something, it could be something that's at home. Um, it could be something that's a little bit deeper that has nothing to do with work at all, nothing to do with you, right? So remember as a scrum master, don't take any of those things personally, have the conversation, get on the same page. Nine times out of 10, I can promise you product owners love getting help from people. They would love to have things taken off their plate. If they want all the pressure, if they want everything going on and you see that becoming an issue as a scrum master, speak up on that and do not let your product owner burn out. Be helpful, be their help, be their assistant. Not so much like in a assistant, assistant type of way, but be there to help, be that servant leader and see how you can assist them first and lead them to being able to go about their work in a different way that's not overwhelming them because that doesn't help you doesn't help the team that doesn't help the product so keep that in mind so hopefully that answers that question on um, the next one i am a shift leader at a chain grocery store can i transition to scrum from here so shift leader at a chain grocery store i said chain grocery store they gave the actual store but i don't want to out the store specifically um, but yeah, you're a shift leader. The key word is shift leader, meaning if you're a shift leader, you're over some form of people, you're over people in some capacity. So if that's the case, you have the, all the makings for a good transition into scrum. Now, where you'll be lacking is if you're going for those high tech positions and you're going for those development, um, depending on what the company does. If it's like software development, make sure you have a background in that. If not, try to get a background in that. Try to do some boot camps. Try to do some things that get you a lot more knowledgeable about software and the software development cycle. Um, but as far as being a leader, as far as being a scrum master, you still have all the things. Now, do you have the same structure as a scrum master? Probably not, but you can also make your structure as close to that Scrum Master structure as possible. So if you're having daily meetings with your team, tell them what they need to do, tell them what, what they need to accomplish, that's technically a stand-up and run it kind of in the way that gives your team a little bit more autonomy. Um, and autonomy is a great word to know if you're trying to transition, because if you're leading over anyone, all leaders want an autonomous team. 
So make sure you're growing them in the most autonomous way, right? Give them that room, give them that trust that they're able to handle what they want to choose and what they want to pick. Um, when it comes to a lot of those tasks and things, ask them what they would like to do. See if they can collaborate on that on that front and then move in that way, move in that direction. That way, when you put it on your resume, you need to focus and highlight all the things that you're doing that are scrum related. So if you're a shift leader at a big chain store, say that you have been leading standups with groups of people, you've created autonomous teams of working, you've implemented these processes to make the workflow go better across the board. So those are the ways that you can transition on top of also looking at jobs and looking at companies that align with what you've already done. Right. So if you are working at a big chain store like a Walmart or a, a Target or a CVS, look at Walmart, Target, CVS, Scrum Master positions, knowing that you already know the product, you already invested in the product. Now, when you make that transition, able to talk to those things that you were able to do at that lower level for that company and talk about that on your resume and that will pop out to those people on top of ATS, on top of um, making sure your resume is good for those systems to get through the firewalls and the blockers and all that stuff they put up for, you know, those resume filters. Um, when you get into the interview, talk about that stuff. Talk about how that change store has helped you change your life and see things different. How has being a shift leader changed the way you think about products, the way you think about people, the way you think about you know, how to lead people and you should be fine. You should be fine. Now, mind you, the, the market is a bit crazy right now, but if you stay the course, you will get broken through. And again, you focus on jobs that speak to who you already are as you are right now. There are companies out there everywhere that are using agile methodologies and that are using all things under the agile umbrella find the company that fits you. And then when you get into those interviews, it's a much easier interview process. And you're not sitting there hoping that people pick you. You're showing that you could bring value to a company that you obviously see value in. So definitely try that out. Shift leader. All right, last one we have, and this one hit kind of close to my heart because it speaks to me in a little bit of a way, but I'm a teacher looking into Scrum. I took my CSM in June, but I'm not getting any hits. I spent over $1,500 on this transition. Goodness, $1,500 on this transition. As a result, I had to resign re a contract to teach this year. Please help. Okay. Teacher looking into Scrum took their CSM in June, but they haven't gotten any hits yet. Spent over $1,500 on the transition. Um, I'm, I'm going to reach back out to this person to see if we can connect so I can get some more information on a lot of this. Um, but this is not a, a rare thing I've heard. I've heard very similar stories like this with a lot of other people. I'm especially spending a lot of money on the transi transition to Scrum, um, and not seeing any results from it. Um, as a teacher, you have literally a, a playing ground, not to be cliche, but you have a big playing ground for Scrum. Students, and there's things in Scrum and education 
Um, if you're a teacher and you're interested in that, please look that up. Scrum and Education. There are Scrum Alliance has some um, very great programs and very great uh, certifications specifically for teachers, specifically for educators. So look into those things. Um, look into other people's ideas of agile in education as well. Um, there are schools in Phoenix, Arizona that are using, the whole school district is using Scrum and Agile methodologies to teach their kids and to teach their students how to matriculate through using Scrum and Agile to be more progressive and to do their work a lot better. I personally did the same thing as a teacher when I figured out I wanted to get into Scrum. I helped my kids and I used a lot of different things from the Scrum framework to incorporate into my classroom because why not? I was a frustrated teacher. Nothing else was working for real. A lot of my students were not interested in the stuff. I taught math, y'all. So kids hate math unless they love math. But then that's like two out of 100 that really, really love math. So if that's the case, utilize Scrum. Utilize the retro format. Utilize um, transparency. Utilize collaboration. Utilize all those principles of Scrum that help people come together and really buy in to the product. And the product is their work. The product is, you can do that with the parents, um, the product being their children. You can do it with your principal, the product being your test scores or the student scores. You can do it with your kids with the product being their grades. So find different ways to connect with them, find different ways to, um, buy those kids into the process of their learning. Um, one of the things that helped me the most was the retro format. A lot of times children don't get a chance to talk about how they like a way that you teach as a teacher, how they like the way that the school is going. They don't get their opinion into a lot of the things that they do at the school. And those are ways that can really shift the whole mindset of a class, the whole mindset of a grade, the whole mindset of a school. Try those things out. There's a lot of different things that you can do as a teacher. Um, and I'm going to reach out to you as well, any other teachers. If you're looking into Scrum and you're looking into transition into Scrum, let me help you. Let me show you what I've done to get there, show you what has worked for me, because I can tell you right now, being a teacher has been the most, uh, it's been the best thing for me to be the most valuable in my position. Most of the things that make me a great scrum master right now is what made me a great teacher when I was teaching. And that transition is top notch for anyone and everyone. So feel free to reach out to me. If you're a teacher yourself and you're listening to this, reach out to me, hit me up. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. Find me, find a way. Um, so yeah. So without more so, that's been 30 minutes or so. I don't want to take up too much of y'all's time. I see there's no questions in the chat on Clubhouse, but hopefully everyone here has gotten a lot of value in what we talked about. Again, this is Dwayne Hill. Um, this is a Scrum Buddies podcast room. We make Scrum Masters great here. We excel Scrum Masters. If you look on my LinkedIn, I say it very clearly. I make Scrum Masters more awesome. And I have a great time doing it. We have a blast doing it. So definitely tap in with me. Tap in the Scrum Buddies. Follow us as this clubhouse room. Find us on Instagram. Follow along with us. 
if you see any questions, reach out, interact with us, because we're here to help you, and I'm here to help you, and we're going to do great. So I appreciate everybody for coming in, um, and y'all have a wonderful day. I'll see y'all the next time. Tap in with us so you know when the next room is. Y'all have